1: Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Had to get the little higher point in my voice this time. I don't know why, but there you go. Well, hey, uh, today is going to be an exciting episode. It is uh, kind of a blast from the past. And when we get talking, you're going to kind of understand why. But just like any episode, right, the fact that you're listening to this right now means that there is something in today's episode that you need to hear. And it also probably means that there's something that others that you know need to hear as well. So make sure whatever you do, listen to this entire episode, figure out what it is that you need to learn and share this with others that you know and love. And so with that, I am excited to uh, have Shirley or Sherry Fernandez with me. And uh, as I told you, this is going to be a little bit of a blast from the past, but there's lessons that we're going to learn from that as well. And so with that, let's roll that episode with Sherry. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, an entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, Sherry, <laughs> Look, I'm just going to start. Laugh. We're going to laugh a lot during this. Is that okay? okay. <laughs>
0: That's good. Okay. I do that a lot. <laughs>
1: Well, I I thought it would be interesting, I know you've got we we want to talk a little bit about because I know you've got a best selling book that we want to talk about and some of the messages that you've been sharing with people for quite a while. Um, But I thought it would be interesting because I think, you know, a lot of times we go through life and we have these blasts from the past, or we were kind of joking beforehand right we kind of orbit in and orbit out of different people's lives. And so I thought it would be helpful just to kind of explain how we know each other but yet we don't know each other and so we're going to get to know each other a lot better <laughs> today right so yeah. um it's interesting because your assistant reached out to me right right um who i know right i i i think you're still in boise yeah right?
0: you're still in boise yeah
1: okay so i i lived there i moved down to california almost 20 years ago now can't believe it's been that
0: long long,
1: folks right but um but what's interesting is you know I've known of you for a long time because you're the mother of friends that we had when I was living in Boise right uh Dean Dean and summer your daughter summer um and what's interesting is your assistant now is also someone who I was friends with at that time right so what an interesting coincidence wink wink even though there are no coincidences (laughs) right right, right. that angie reached out to me um you know because we've stayed friends on facebook and 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 everything else for a while but excited to have you here um and and i i I guess from that right is is what what do you take from that as well this the the synchronicity and serendipity of the fact that 20 years later here we are on a podcast together.
0: He said earlier we were talking about just so don't no, ever be a jerk, you never I keep I find myself in these situations thinking, because I, I know that I I was aware of you. And I knew you were friends with my daughter and her husband. And I remember her saying mentioning you. I can't remember anything, but I think, did I have a conversation with him? I wonder how it went. <laughs> I wonder <remember laughs> what I said. <laughs> I, I,
1: any interaction that we had, I remember as being good and, okay, and good. Kind of look, looking up to you and Ken as, as being some great people. I mean, obviously, I knew, I, I knew Summer. I mean, you you did a great job raising her. She's an amazing person. Amazing, um, amazing person.
0: She's an amazing person.
1: But it's it, like you said, right? It, it's kind of interesting how we we know people and then we kind of, you know, people kind of rotate out of our life for whatever reason right no good no bad no whatever it's just what it is i moved to california um and so we didn't have the physical proximity but yet we've always had some proximity if you will because of of who we know but i think it's important like you said you know it makes you i know i did that with i, I did an episode with one of the guys that i was friends with in grade school right and so it's like i i remember oh. we were friends for a while and then i couldn't remember why we weren't friends anymore and so the first time when we reconnected, I'm like, Joe, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I wasn't like a jerk, <laughs> right? Is there anything I need to apologize for? I don't remember it. And he's like, no, dude, it's fine. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> but, but that's an important life lesson as well, right? Is to just always, we never know. You know, a lot of people yeah. burn, burn bridges. They do things that are mean and spiteful, and those things will come back. To That's us.
0: true. You know, just it's just a good just if we just lived our lives like we might have to work with that person somewhere in the future. Or, you know, sometimes I get cranky with somebody, maybe something driving or something, and I'll think, yeah, but what if I know them? <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> you, like, oh, you
1: you're you're hawking and they pull up next to yeah. you and you're like, oh crap, it's so, so, so yeah. Right. Is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you yeah, oh. gotta be careful who you. Who you honk at her. you know, make sure you don't know him first. Or, or maybe yeah. I'll meet them later and see them in the grocery store face to face. And I don't know, just better. <laughs> it, They'd be nice all the time.
1: Well, it is, it is. And it's, um, I know that's one of the things that, you know, as we were talking a little bit beforehand, but maybe just kind of explain a little bit, because I know you've got a book out called Life mm-hmm. Mastery, and we're going to put, we'll put links in, into it as well. But I mean, this is a book that you wrote. I'm not sure how, how long ago exactly, but I know yeah, um, it's it's it had big and, success.
0: Yeah, it's had pretty good success. It's on the uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller list and um, USA Today and then several categories in Amazon. And so that came out. We hit that list. It came out in May of 2021, and it hit the bestseller list in about the middle of July of 2021. And then it's, it's, you know, it's had steady success. And I've done a lot of podcasts. I've done about, I think I told you earlier about 100 podcasts. And we're just, uh, that's why Angie's working with me is we're uh, working on uh, another media tour that we're going to be doing more. It's real um, top performing podcasts in my genre. That's basically the idea. Mm-hmm. And so we've got some of those going on. And so that's what's happening. I still do mentoring one-on-one. But again, I can only do so many people and I, I've got a lifestyle. I protect too. We travel a lot. And so I only see, well, in theory, I don't see more than four in reality. I'm doing six right now, but (laughs) (laughs) I I think, Oh, they would be so fun to work with. I take on one more and one more, but anyway, so that's what I'm doing And still speaking. I do some workshops and some things like that.
1: Well, so, so the topic, right? Life mastery. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: mean, we're, we're both towards on the later end of our, of our lives, right? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a I'm little
0: probably, later than you are. <laughs> you're, you're
1: you're a few years later than me, but not that far, really. I mean, um, yeah, anyway, but but what's, what's interesting, you know, is I, I think is we all get to this midlife, right? I mean, realizing that I probably have fewer years left to live than I've already lived. I mean, I've got a number in my head of, of where I want to get to. And when I get there, I'm not quite exactly at midlife, but I'm pretty, pretty close, right? And I think it it starts to make us kind of reflect, and I know you've probably gone through this too, is one of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing now, right? Mm-hmm. So, so maybe just kind of share with me, what, what was it that kind of changed? What was it that kind of came up that made you kind of change that path that you had in your life to what you're doing now into writing the book?
0: It actually was kind of a natural progression. I tell a lot about this in the book, how it happened, but, um, Ken and I got married, um, in our earlier twenties and we had just been party people <laughs> and that's put it mildly. And so we had not, uh, we had not amassed nothing, not an education, not any assets. We just got married and we were just, I was struggling to put food on the table for our little family we had summer and then had some had, we ended up with six children eventually but we had uh two two right soon after we were married and so we're just just and we're not and it's not looking good you know we don't have any we don't have a future and but we both wanted more than we just wanted big things in life but i had to go to work to figure out how to do that so i started both of us, I started reading the books. Kid had listened more to audios because he was working usually two jobs. I was doing daycare and he was doing two jobs and that's, and we were still struggling. Just to give you some idea of how unqualified we were for the life, for life. But we started just really educating ourselves on what made people successful. And then over the years, as years went by, people would observe um, that we knew some things. You know, They watched what we were doing and the progress we were making. So I was asked to speak here, or teach there, or teach a class here and then pretty soon I was speaking on different topics and and then I opened my own fitness business with a personal development side to it so I could teach the things I was teaching as I spoke and I would just work with people casually one-on-one and then I started mentoring there so it's a natural progression I just I learned these things myself I think this is a thing of life you learn something whether well, that to be this anything you learn something you practice it for a long time and then you have an obligation to teach other people I think if you have mastered something and so that's uh, kind of how I actually got to this. I never intended to write a book, though. I just was a thought. I just would say, people would say, you should write a book. And I'd be like, no, I'm a teacher. I'm not a, I'm <laughs> a teacher. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a writer. Or I'm a speaker. I'm not a writer. But the reality was that I, and I, and I did this for years, I've been asked. And then it just, um, I had something to say. And I wasn't going, like you said, not getting any younger. And I wanted the information to be out for anybody who wanted it. The things I'd learned that I worked so hard for decades to learn. I thought if I'd had the, some of these principles and some of this knowledge earlier, how much more successful, I mean, my life's been great, but how much more successful I might be able to have been. So anyway, that's what the book came about. And I still do do all the mentoring and teaching. I don't need to do it. It doesn't come from any ego. It's not like I satisfies my ego. I don't have anything to prove. I just feel like I, I want to make a difference. And I don't need it. Don't do it for the money, obviously. It's just, I feel like I've got, I've got something that, that valuable
1: to people well and I think that's <clears throat> that's what's important right I mean this whole I wrote down learn practice and share right and that, that a lot of times mm-hmm. in life the reason i like to ask that question too is because you know for some people every, everybody's different for some people it's kind of like a flash of lightning right I mean something happened that was you know very very powerful in their life and they kind of wake up and go a completely different way right and and I think we hear we hear those stories a lot I mean I've had a lot of people on the podcast that were that way but I think what's what's interesting and and when when people are listening or watching and they're seeing these things they're like oh well I, I I must not be very good because I'm not having these You know flash of lightning kind of experiences that put me on my dharmic path right because i think most of us experience just what you explained right i remember having little kids and struggling to put food on the table and going to school and working you know going to school full-time working full-time trying to make ends meet you know but as as we go through and we learn and we practice, and then we start sharing that. And I think that's that's an important thing. The All three of those are important. A lot of people learn. A lot of people read books. A lot of people listen to audios. A lot of people go to trainings. Not a lot of people practice. Yeah. And then the people who do practice, not very many of them actually share what they've learned with other people. That's true. And and I think that's you know and and it's usually like you said for for most of us I think it's a it's kind of like the Steve Jobs Stanford commencement speech right where he's like you can't ever put the dots together until you turn around and look backwards yeah. but when you turn around and you look backwards it's like oh that's why I had that job oh that's why I was in that mm-hmm. relationship oh that's why I was and I'm guessing you you kind of see that from your life too right yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like uh well you, I think that life does naturally change you for the next step, right? Mm-hmm. Um you, this I I can see now how this prepared me for this opportunity and this prepared me for this opportunity. And so yeah, you look back and say, well, that was interesting. And sometimes I know along my long my life I've thought, oh, this is it, what I'm supposed to be doing. And then there was another level or another thing, you know, above that. One thing I about you talking about sharing and learning, um one one scenario you didn't mention is the people who learn and then they want to teach without the practice in between.
1: Oh, and there's a lot of, those. <laughs> there's a lot there's of a, those. I read a book. Now I know what to do. I, know. Right? I took
0: a course and now I know. And I just say <laughs> that because in my world, I we do. I do I, we network a lot, mostly to see who needs us and what difference we can make out there and just to be involved. We can't make a difference if we don't know people. Right. But we run into, it's kind of died down a little bit, but for a while there, I was just every time I would meet some young person, they were going to be a life, they were a life coach. And I'd think, hmm, or not even necessarily young people, but people had known previously and knew that their lives are a wreck, but they were going to be, now they've taken a course, they're going to be a life coach. Oh, okay. <laughs> <And> I, it's <laughs>
1: like all the people find, with psycho, psychological problems become yeah. psychiatrists, right? <laughs> yes,
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the drug addict is going to help other people, you know, it's just... Yeah, or, I used to have people, and I had my fitness business, business want to be a trainer. They come in and say, What do I need to do to become a trainer? I think if I could be a trainer, it'd help me lose this weight. <laughs> I was like, You to lose the weight, <laughs> get fit, then come back and we'll talk. You know, because, yeah, you got to practice it before you really can teach it. Because if you, you don't, you can't really teach something by precept. You have to uh, lived it and understood it, right? It'd be like teaching music by precept with never playing. It didn't doesn't make any sense. You have to learn the precept practice the precept then you know it you don't know it you just have an outline until you actually do the thing and then you know what it is and then you can teach it
1: well and that's why i've I've heard kind of the difference between you know because in my life i mean i've spent my whole life pretty much in a in professional development on myself but also professionally helping people right to develop themselves professionally And, and one of the ways that I kind of look at it is understanding versus knowing as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think you, you put that well, where it's like, I can read a book and I can understand the mechanics of how to swim, but I don't know how to swim until I actually get in the pool and I practice. Right. Yeah. But, but you see that, like you said, I mean, how many 22 year old life coaches are there? And it's like, are you kidding me? You're you're gonna go help somebody with their life. Have you ever had kids? No. Have you ever, you know, <laughs> gone through a divorce or a crazy relationship? No. You know, have you ever been bankrupt or had financial problems? No. How are you gonna help people through that if you've never experienced it and gone through it yourself?
0: Right. At least some trials, absolutely. Like please don't. Read a book on swimming and then teach people to swim. <laughs> You'll <laughs> drown somebody for sure.
1: once you got really good insurance, right? Yeah, yeah you're, you got you're really
0: you're, good That's <laughs> it. so true. And so, you know, I'm just, and this is, again, I can only coach so many people. This is not a plug for me, but I just say if you're looking for a coach or a mentor, make sure it's somebody that you admire. You know, or joke around our house between Ken and I just never want to hire a fat trainer because we did that once <laughs> a long time ago. We don't do that. Or a broke financial person right you a a financial advisor you want to make sure that when you're looking at advice from somebody it's somebody who's already been successful in that thing well if you want a life coach then you want to find somebody who's successful in life right you want somebody that you could say this is a person I can respect and admire as a whole person in life and so actually a real life coach should be pretty difficult to find you know there's because They've got to live long enough. And like you said, some people know, but they're not willing to teach, right? They don't want to. Yeah. Not because there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's got to choose, you know, where they make a difference and teaching for everybody. But So I've yeah. struggled myself finding people that I, I would like to do more. I would like to have a coach right now. I just would like to find somebody that, I want somebody who does what I do uh-huh. <laughs> to teach me, to help me. see. Because, you know, you can also um, know something really well not see how it applies to you you know what i mean sometimes you're too close to to. oh yeah so
1: well and that's one of the whole reasons for having mentors and coaches right Mm -hmm. is because we were i talk a lot about unconscious biases and blind spots as well right and it's like we can never we're too close to ourselves, and so we can never see our own blind spots why because they're blind spots right we're too close we can't actually see it but Somebody standing behind us, somebody standing to the side of us, can very quickly or easily say, "Oh, Sherry, why why are you doing that? You know, or why are you choosing this? What do you mean? I'm not choosing that. Well, I'm sitting here looking at it, and it sure <laughs>
0: seems like you are,
1: right? right. You know, and how much longer are you going to keep doing that? Oh, geez, yeah, I didn't even yeah. realize I was doing it. Right?
0: I would say, um, everybody, I almost, I would say. Probably everybody I've ever worked with had some, and then we're talking bright. Mostly, but I, most people I work with are entrepreneurs or want to, or would like or have that want entrepreneur spirit. They've got a lot of ideas and things. But some things that I observe, um, and almost in almost every these one of these categories. They've got they're, they're in the habit. They used to want they, they used to want a certain thing, and maybe they even achieved that thing. Maybe I wanted to be a teacher or whatever but no longer makes them happy and they haven't realized they're so much in the habit of doing this one thing that they they just are in the habit of wanting that. They haven't occurred that maybe that's not the right thing to do. Or it sounded like such a good idea when they started, but it really wasn't a good idea for them. Or they picked something because other people wanted them. They just, it was sort of a cultural thing and they chose it because my dad was a doctor. We always do medicine in our family, and they think they chose it themselves. But when they reflect back, it wasn't ever their decision. They did it because of other people's uh, opinions. So I'd say everybody that I worked with is in one of those categories, and they and they they would change. They just didn't see it that way. And once, so I listen and I listen and I listen, and I finally hear them saying the same thing over and over again about maybe unhappiness with their job, or I really always wanted to do this, and they just mention it, and then I can start to feel like okay. You keep telling me you want this, but you're doing this. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. And they'll be like, I never thought of it. You know, in some ways, they're not bright. I mean, we all do that, right? We're all doing that. They're bright, intelligent people who are self-aware, but we all just do that. We make choices out of, for, for various reasons that we're not always aware of.
1: Well, and it's interesting, like you said, I mean, I've, <clears throat> I've seen a lot too, where, you know, when we're little kids and we're playful and we kind of know what we want to what we want to do. And we are even, even a lot of times as teenagers, but, the, but there's something that kind of happens when we, when we get to those teenage years that really starts to mold us or indoctrinate us into what we're supposed to do. Right. Cause I, I remember that I, I, you know, my, my formal education in college. Yeah. As a little kid, I'm not going to be an accountant or a CPA. Right. But that's what I got. Right, I mean, I went through that formal training. Now it's served me well in some ways, but do I love doing it? No. As a little kid, did I dream of wanting to do that? <laughs> no. Uh, no, way, do that. <laughs> right? no way, right? No. Were you
0: going to be an astronaut or something? <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I, I was going to be a Before business owner, entrepreneur. Ever yeah, ever since I go. was like, I started reading Forbes magazine when I was twelve years old. You know, it's oh. like. I was playing Dungeons and Dragons and reading Forbes magazine, right? Go figure.
0: So why'd you end up choosing accounting then?
1: Well, so here's here's the interesting thing, right? Is is I kind of fell into the trap of what most of us do. Like you said, right? A lot of these people that you talk to where I was going to get a finance degree because I was going to buy and sell businesses, you know, the whole leverage buyout thing. That was my idea of what I was going to do. So I was going to get a finance degree so I could learn how to do that. Mm But I had two brother-in-laws that got finance degrees and couldn't find a job. And so both of them said, no, don't get a finance degree, get an accounting degree, right? Because with that, at least you can always get a job, right? There's lots of jobs that are out there. And then we had one of our family friends who was a, a former partner at Arthur Anderson that I very much respected and decided, Hey, I want to kind of be like him. I like that. I like the lifestyle that he has. I really respect him. Um, Another family friend was actually the Dean of, or the, uh, the chair of the accounting department there at Boise state where I was going at the time. And so it was very easy for me or seemed natural for me to get an accounting degree. Right. But again, it's not, and it served me well. It's helped me support my family and do some other things, but it's not what lights me up. Right. And and after having done it now for 30 years, there's certain things about it or about auditing or risk management, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Right. It's kind of like, you know, you talking about with the book, I've got a lot of knowledge up here. And I've spent the last 10 years getting as much of it out, recorded books, courses, other things. Right. So I can share but I don't have to be the one who keeps talking about it. Right. And, And I think, like you said, sometimes we come to that point in our lives too, where something maybe served us well for five years or 10 years, but then there's a time for a change. Right. And, and for a lot of us, I think it's, it's hard to want to make that change because as you said, we've kind of gotten in the habit of going after a thing or doing a thing and once something becomes a habit sometimes it's hard for us to want to switch right yeah, yeah. and like i said it sounds like that y- y- you hear that from people all the time
0: i do because you're not going to come and sign up for me for mentoring uh or coaching if you don't want to make some changes right so it's the, per- the person who's like okay i need to sort this all out if you're really you're really not it's just you get comfortable like you said you just you're in this place and you don't know how to get out you don't want to get out it's uncomfortable you're probably not going to go get coaching it's if you're ready to make a change or or move to the next level that would be another reason somebody would do mentoring or maybe their business life is fine but maybe they're they focus so much on business that they need some more balance in their life they're not getting their spiritual side and their relationships and some of the other things are out of balance because they've put so much energy into their business and i had a client recently like that that was in Little more in that uh, category. Just wanted to improve the whole whole picture and make sure that they they were balanced. Yeah,
1: well, and and I want to go there for for a little while because again, you use that word balance, which is important. It's an important word for me, right? And especially the older mm-hmm. that I've gotten. But the the word that so many people throw out there, and you know, again, why why the, why a lot of times people will go to coaches or mentors or read books like the one that you wrote. Mm-hmm is they want to be successful right and so let's kind of maybe talk about success versus the balance as well because like you said the world in general kind of puts out there what success means right but that's not necessarily what makes people happy and even this last week i've been thinking a lot about the word success versus satisfaction and how we're all driving for success. But what we really probably should be looking for more is the satisfaction and not the success, because usually success is packaged to us in a certain way and it's not what actually is going to make most people satisfied.
0: Yeah, I think I put some language to that for you and maybe help you flush that thought out a little bit. So, um, real success, you know, that law of attraction thing. We talked about that a little bit earlier. So mm-hmm. what the real law of attraction is, is you become such a kind of person that success comes to you because of who you are. So when we work on outward things, getting the degree, getting the business, getting a certain amount of money, um, which is fine, but if we're not working on us as a person, we work on us. I like what Jim Rohn said. Is, um, he said, well, I'm going to come back to that one in a second. But when we what we do is we attract, we work on us. So I work on my knowledge about my my profession. I work on who I am as a human being. I work on my character. I work on my spirituality. I work on my relationships. I'm doing all these. There's really no real balance. It's really more about who we're becoming as a whole person. And one I'd love one of I was going to say about Jim Rohn he said self formal education can make you a living. Self-education can make you a fortune. And what he's talking about is not just in that business but just as a person who you're becoming that's what success is and you talk about satisfaction when we internalize um let me I can say this another way if i'm always working on me like when i talk with my clients one of the first things they do we work on is personal habits and they all get this even though you can't they understand when i try to explain it they say, no no i get that somehow working on your physical fitness is going to affect your bottom line somehow working on your relationships is going to affect your bottom line somehow working on your education your character all those things combined so i have these daily habits of i'm just saying anybody everybody should have some daily habits that are making me a certain kind of person and along the way i'm going to see this success and then i I apply the laws of my my thing i'm working on the finances or the business or whatever the fitness principles but as i apply those principles i'm becoming a certain kind of person and then i will find the, the success i'm looking for but if you just look for the success without working on me, it's empty. You see yeah. the difference? So this is it. And rather than this outward focus, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to work on me, and these things will, will come as I work on them. I'm still focused on them. I still work towards them. But my main project is me. And the main reason to do any of it is because who we're becoming. Jim Rohn also said, uh, make a million dollars, not necessarily for the money, although that's good too, but for what it will be, make of you. If I'm becoming a certain kind of person, say, grow my business, or if I work on my finances, work on my, I'm becoming something different. Does that make sense? And we're our own masterpiece. So, that's satisfying life. That's a whole life. That's a, a balanced whole person, mm-hmm. not just a person who did well in business.
1: Well, like you said too, the the <clears throat> I mean, we are the creator, right? And like you said, I mean, it takes a certain kind of person to make a million dollars. But you you're can only make a million something. dollars if you're that kind of person who can right. make a million dollars, right? Well,
0: you could make a million dollars other ways, but, but, but not in a way that would be satisfying, right? right. You, could, you, could, you could steal it. <laughs> <laughs> you could cheat somebody. You could walk over the top of people, but that would not be satisfying, right? You make a million dollars with your own efforts in your own educating yourself and doing the things, becoming the person who knows how to make a million dollars. And then, you're, then you've got something.
1: Well, and I think what's interesting too is, is like you said this, and this is probably where the balance comes in more too, right? Is, is, like I said, usually when I hear the word success, most people are talking about monetary success, mm-hmm. right? How much you got in your bank account is, is what most people in the world determine if you're successful
0: or not. Right. That's the way right? we talk in our, that's the way, the way we, we talk, talk all the in, time. Our, yeah. So you got to, you got you to, got to take this success course, success.
1: and I'll 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 make you a million dollars. I'll show you how you'll to make a million dollars, and then you're successful, right? Yeah,
0: then you'll be successful. The but key to success, my yeah,
1: <laughs> is making buy my program and have lots of money, right? But I don't know, I don't know if you're like me, but a lot of times the people who the world would say are successful, right? They 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 have lots of money, and I've I've worked for people who are billionaires, right? But the money doesn't necessarily yeah they're successful monetarily but usually there's something else in their life that they're not a complete or balanced person
0: right and, and if you watch if you watch the trajectory of a person like that um especially if they've not done it in in ethical ways but even if you're not taking care of the whole person they're successful often for a moment and maybe a long moment if you watch their whole entire life from beginning, you know, to the end, usually they, they tend to lose it. Just simple, exact simple example could be poor relationships, you know, and you can end up with divorces and kids and things, and you're dividing all your money and then you have less or what, you know, then that's kind of an obvious, easy example. But, but if you watch people who are successful and totally imbalanced and you observe where they're going, often they're headed for problems.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, what's interesting is, you know, because I think a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this, you know, at different points in my life, right? Because that's the other thing probably for everybody listening, right? There's different points in our Mm -hmm. life when we have everything together better than we do other times. And that's just part of life is kind of the recalibration. But, you know, like you said, there's working on your physical health has something to do with success in other areas in your Mm -hmm. life. Working on your relationships has something to do with the other parts of your life right and and so much of the time I think yeah. we get we get so myopic in you know for example, somebody who wants to earn lots of money and I'm gonna work 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 right, and I'm gonna focus all of my energy and attention on doing that and yep i I made ten million dollars last year, woohoo right I accomplished it, I was very focused, I did it. But along the way, at the end of the time, like you said, they find out that, well, now their partner wants a divorce, their kids won't talk to them, they're overweight, they just had a heart attack, right, mm-hmm. and and you see these things kind of cropping up all the time when we're not balancing in some of these other areas in our life. Right. Or I like you t- said, it's, it's, you know, the <laughs> person that goes to the gym all the time and they're like, they're ripped, man. I mean, yeah. Mr. Universe, Miss America, you know, whatever. But but they don't have a relationship or they don't have any money, you know, to go along with it. Yeah. And so there's something kind of la- still lacking in their life.
0: Yeah, still lacking there. Uh, t- uh, two stories I want to tell you. First of all, as I used to teach this thing, when I was st- start speaking on this, I just have three parts of life. It was. I think physical, spiritual, emotional, or something like that. I put these three circles up on the board and then I kind of overlap and I put a push pin through them. When you affect one, you affect all three. That was my thing. But then I realized at some point, I always felt uneasy about that. There's something missing to this. And then as I realized there's a lot more areas, more parts of life than just three, there's eight. And that's why I talk about all eight in the book. And also that doesn't just affect them a little bit, it affects them thoroughly. So now I take those, all those eight areas, stack them right on top of each other and put a pin right through the middle. I tell this in the book, because when we affect one thing, we are going to affect, we're not just, we're not segmented things, we're one whole person. These are parts that inter- work with intertwine with each other. So my story is this. So I was speaking at a group, for a group of entrepreneurs, there's probably about oh, 70 or 80 people, maybe more at this um, networking event I was speaking. I spoke for about 45 minutes there. And I was speaking on, well, I, the first thing I asked them was, Did they? How many of them thought? I wasn't sure how this was going to go. I said, How many of you think that if you were physically fit, you were fit, ripping good fit, it would affect your bottom line? You'd be more successful in your business. Absolutely, every hand went up. Every hand went up. They all believe that. That you can't. It's hard to like. One of my clients said this week, you can't draw a line from here to there, but you know that it's true. You know, you just know instinctively that that's going to be true. And so then we talked about some ways you can be fit, some things to do, how to get into your, your program, how to get a program into your busy lives because you're all entrepreneurs. And then afterwards, people literally, Jason, lined up to tell me why they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. All one of three things. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. My ankle hurts. My knee hurts. My something hurts. And I was so discouraged. I just, I sort of slid out. I thought, because this is how it rolls, right? Because I looked around that room. We're not a bunch of fit people by any means. Even they all knew they would be more successful. They were there to be successful because they were entrepreneurs at a networking event training. But they all had, but so many had an excuse for not doing it, and so that's where we're at. I don't know how they fix that problem, but that's where we're at, and the attitudes that we have, we know it, and we don't do it anyway. Even something so important is your business.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because, um, you know, I like to kind of put a couple of quotes together. So one of my favorite quotes is Woody Allen, right? 80% 80 of life is showing up. Hey, all you got to do is show up, right? Yeah. But the problem is, right, is that um, probably 90% of the people don't show up. And those that actually do show up, like you said, most, most people end up coming up with excuses or other things like that for why they can't do it. I mean, I see this all the time. Same thing, same experience that you just had, you know, with people. In all areas of of life,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I, I was just messaging this guy on LinkedIn today, you know, and it's like for an executive program that would help him. But he's telling me again how he falls asleep on the couch and wakes up the next day in the same clothes and he's working 10 to 12 hours a day and he's looking for another job. And it's like, dude, do you not see what's going on here?
0: Yeah.
1: Do you not yeah. see this? Yeah. Right. But, you know. That's the person
0: who's really out of control. They does not have life mastery.
1: No, they don't have life mastery. Right. And, and again, it's like, well, why are you pushing yourself so hard at a job when you're looking for another job anyway? Right. It's like to me, that was like why why are you if you're already one one foot out the door, why why do you continue to give so much of your life to this job that you're leaving anyway? Right. But if you
0: have to work that many hours, something something, something you're not is very not good right. at what you do, something is not right. Something is not one right. One of the things I just to share another side story is this came up actually on a Facebook post. Um that my daughter chimed in, so I thought it was worth repeating. But um, somebody had said, somebody, and I think probably you would know, you and I would probably both know, he said, I go, he's got his own business. He said, I go home at the end of the day and be with my family. I just do that. And I mentioned that my husband, because my dad always said the reason that Ken was successful, we, we've been entrepreneurs since the eighties and very successful business. The reason he's successful is because at the end of the day he goes home, he would be home at six o'clock. He wanted to be home with me and his children. That's just how he was. So I made that comment. And then my daughter, one of my daughters, not summer, my other daughter said, I remember dad never missed a game or a track meet or dance recital. He did sleep through a few dance recitals, I will say. <laughs> hey, we all But have. not when our kids dance. <laughs> um, but, but that's a balance, you know, that, that was a good demonstration. he's a good example of somebody who, he's a very successful businessman. His business is very successful. When he went to work, he worked really hard. And he worked hard all day. But then when he came home, he left work and he went home. I just think that's a good, he's a good example of how it's to be done. And when it was time to be at home, he was at home. it was time to be at church, he was at church. When it was time to be at the gym, he was at the gym. He just went, and did the things that needed to be done, and it and it proved to be successful. And he didn't have to pay a big price in his health or in his relationships mm-hmm. that way. And he still had a nice. He used to say sometimes, "I could probably make a lot more money if I worked harder," but I don't know. I don't. He made plenty of money, and I don't even know if that was true.
1: No. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, like you said, I mean, we've got a we all ultimately have to choose and kind of quit making excuses right yeah Um, because Ken could have he he could have made the excuse you know again of well I got to work longer and I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to make it because I'm you know especially as a man you know a lot of times we're just trying to do everything we can to provide and support Mm -hmm. our families and so it's very easy for us to justify working the extra hours doing the other things because it's like hey, I'm doing it for you guys, right? So you can go take nice vacations together, right? But the family on the other side is like, yeah, but dad, we'd rather not have as nice of a vacation and have you here or have you at our dance recitals or whatever it happens to be, right?
0: And let's be honest too. There's some ego feed in being at work longer. And you're not always gonna get the strokes at home that you're gonna get at work. And also it's, if you don't, if you don't work smart, you end up having to work longer. You know, there's a lot of this is, is a lot is within somebody's control. Or maybe I feel important because I say I work these extra hours. The ego can get in there and wreck wreck some havoc too. Yeah, I know a lot of men stay longer at work just because they like it or they like being important. You go home and you're just dad, right? <laughs> or mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, know I, know I know that. I know that. I know that. The other that.
0: thing, too, is I think that, that's um, a, a symptom of a life that, where someone does not have mastery over their life is they're putting out fires all the time. It makes you feel important when you're out putting out fires. But if you have your, your life, is your days are planned, um, you got your goals set, you know what your priorities are, you don't find yourself running around putting out fires. And, but it feels important, right? You feel like you're busy. You're doing things. You're answering emails and you're answering texts and you're running around here and you're solving these problems. But that's also a life that's out of balance. You have your, what you know. Brian Tracy says, eat your frogs. You have your frogs every day that you need to eat. And you stay focused on those. And you don't let people rob you of that or your time doing the things you know are important by answering their emails and their problems and things and being at their beck and call. That takes discipline because it, it, it feeds our ego to pick up, to answer the text and to pick, you know, answer the, the email and to be important there. And it takes some self-discipline to put the phone aside, not touch it, and go to work and put your head down and go to work.
1: Yeah. Well, and I wanted to come back to kind of this, you know, that whole idea that you came up with these eight areas of life, you know, and so you take the circles, you put them all together, you put the push pin through it, right? And, you know, I, I look at that as, you know, an analogy that we can we can think about. And like you said, everybody, we all know that this is true. And if if you even look at our body, Right. We've got different systems in our body. We've got our circulatory system, our gastro system, you know, our skeletal muscular system, all these different things. Right. That are going on in our body that have to work together. Right. And, and, and one, you know, if you're having gastro problems, it's going to end up affecting some of the other things yeah. in your life. Right. I mean, we know this, like you said, I mean, everybody, we know this, but we just make excuses for it. And, and one of the excuses that I can, I can see a lot of people coming back with, you know, again, it's, it's usually time and it's usually money.
0: Yeah.
1: And time, usually, injury. Yeah. And it's usually time more than it really is even money. Right. Because I mean, we can all, if it's important enough to you, you'll find the money to to do whatever it is that you want to do but but i wanted to come to this area to back to this because as we're talking about balance too and and kind of how how your take on on this is right is we know we've got these different areas of our life but we also know that you know that word balance to us usually means evenly scaled right like like if i'm going to be a good dad i've got i need to spend eight hours with my family and eight hours at work and eight oh just a minute there's my 24 hours right in the day how do you know and because it's it never ends up being equal right like again if i'm working no. on my body i don't have four or five hours i mean i could make four or five hours in the day to go to the gym for that long now, if I'm an actor or something like that, where my 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 physical appearance is a part of my job, right? Then I'm obviously going to have to make the time to do that. But you know, for most people, it's it's not. And so, how do you deal with this this idea of of balancing and knowing when you have it right? <laughs> you know, because First of
0: all, yeah, I said balancing and having it right. So um, two analogies that work really good for that is a t- they say, when is a when is a tightrope walker balancing? When do they have to correct their balance? It's constant, right? They're on this like all the time. They're never perfectly balanced back and forth or an airplane. When is it on course? It's always within. It's always having to do force corrections. Right. So that is that's how we, we live our lives. We have to make balance all the time. We don't that balance isn't equal amounts of time for each thing. Different things require different amounts of time. You don't have enough time. You have to work. Most of us have to work about, well, most of you guys.
1: Don't have to. <laughs> yeah, not you. We're, not me. You yeah, have to work it, about eight hours it a day,
0: right? I mean, you're going to have to do that. And you have to sleep eight hours. So then we have to take the other eight hours and decide what's important out of there. Our family doesn't it. Really, they get tired of us that we spend eight hours every day. with, And they would be like, go to work, you know, but they do need some of our time. They need some dinner time, some conversation. The spouse needs some time, uh, alone time at the end of the day. So you have to find some of that eight hours for that. You have to take care of your physical self, and you have to do your own self development. You have to spend time, which I recommend in the morning and calling call and and making that time inviolate. violet time, thinking, reading, working out, um, praying, meditating, whatever things that are important for you for your own development. You have to have time for that. So that requires planning, and this is where the and then sticking to your plan, which requires discipline. But your life, that's life mastery. You plan your day so that in the morning you get up in time to do the things that you need to do for you. And nobody interrupts that time. That's for you. Then you have your daytime, which is your work time, your vocation time, the time you go to work and make a living and make a difference, hopefully at the same time. And then in the evening, you have your relationship time. But if you don't plan it, spend some of that day every day planning it, it will be robbed from you. Someone will interrupt. They'll steal from you your bits of time, not because they're mean, because that's just how people are or things, or even our own distractions will rob us of what's really important. So the the bottom line is we need to develop good personal habits. And one of those habits needs to be to plan our day and stick to our plan and not let our own mind, our habits with our phone or other people steal our plan away from us. And that they've seen the sense of control that that make you feel like a person who's doing those things you feel mastery, you feel control. Does it mean it goes perfect? Of course not. During your day, there's are gonna be things that have to happen that have to be taken care of. And you might not get to do all your whole to-do class list. In fact, in my workshops, I tell people everything's never done. You never can do everything on your list. There's always more to do than you can do. So you can't just work down a list. You've got to work on the top priority things and the bottom ones will go away, right? Because you can't do it all in a day, get everything done. So anyway, that's a that's a life that's got balance and and mastery, and is it going to be perfect? Again, it's not going to be perfect, but you're striving for that kind of work life, personal care balance.
1: Yeah, well, it kind of reminds me, you know, two different things because uh, you know I know from a financial freedom perspective, right? One of one of the one of the habits that we should have is saving, right? Sure. And so. Yeah. So typically, you know, I've always been taught you, you, that's the first thing you do. You move to savings, whatever you've said that you're planned that you're going to move to savings. Why? Because if you don't, at the end of the month, there won't be the money left to move to savings, right? So it's taking care of that first or taking care of ourselves first, that oxygen mask, you know, dropping down, put it on yourself first. But it seems like so much of the time we leave ourselves until the last and and like you said it kind of as you were talking too about the planning and the habits it reminds me of stephen covey talking about the big rocks you know it's like Mm -hmm. you got to plan you got to take those big rocks you plan those first and then you let the other stuff that's not really that important fall in around it but if you don't plan it if you don't have the habits of sticking to it Right. It just goes away. It's like the money that's never there at the end of the month for you to put into your savings.
0: And one of those big lots is that you do take care of yourself. I don't not put yourself last. I don't have very much tolerance for that, because in my experience, people who are doing that, they're out of control and they're not doing that. They're doing that as a lack of discipline than anything else. We have to discipline ourselves to take care of us first and not doing that is there's no um, there's no. You don't you don't get any big points for that. neglecting yourself because you do that and then somebody else has to pick up the pieces. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm on a Jim Rohn roll, but he also said, you take care of you for me. And I'll take care of me for you. You take care of yourself. You fill your cup and then you have something to offer. I remember seeing this um, young a woman, a uh, young, little younger than me with her parents at a restaurant once, and she had to take them and they were very overweight. Um, they were, no, they were about my age. She was probably uh, late 40s or 50. And they were both very overweight. She had to help them to the bathroom, help them out. And I thought, that's an example. They're robbing her life. They're stealing her life away from her because they didn't take care of themselves, right? That's not right. And to some level, we're gonna, things are still going to happen, but we take care of us. And then we've got something to offer the world. And we can offer to our spouse and to our work and to our everything else is what one reason why that fitness thing affects our bottom line
1: yeah well because by doing that it helps to to build in that discipline Yes, right? it builds
0: a discipline and also this body is the th- is an instrument that we serve with that we work with that we think through that we love with if this body is our instrument and you wouldn't if you were a surgeon you want the very best instruments right and if they're all too number if you are a car mechanic you want your very best instruments we want this instrument to be as sharp and effective as possible yeah oh my my my
1: (laughs) yeah no it's it's all you know and i think most of the time you know most of us we just kind of go along with life we just kind of went let life kind of take us where where it's going, you know. But really, to to be successful, to feel satisfied, to feel happy, you know, without that discipline, um, it's it's hard to have that. Yeah, right. That discipline
0: is the number one thing. Without that, you, you're not going to be happy if you feel like your life is out of control. Not, that's why I call the book "Life Mastery." If you have mastery over your life, that doesn't mean that you're all everything's perfect. But you know, like when my clients get a fitness program going. Then they quit thinking about that. They know it's going to happen for them. We work with it on habit, lifetime habits. Then you feel they feel mastery over that thing and they can move on to another thing. It isn't that they have arrived because we never really arrived to any of these things, but they feel like they've got control and mastery. Over it. Or when you start planning your days and your time, then you feel like you have mastery over it. It's not perfect, but you feel some sense of control. It's that out of control feeling is a lack of discipline.
1: Well, I think that's a, that's a great way to, to kind of summarize up right is that the mastery is feeling in control right and again we can't mm-hmm. control everything but but so many people in their life feel stuck they feel out of control they feel like they're getting acted upon instead of them being the yeah, creator yeah. and the actor right yeah and, absolutely and how much of that then is it's because of a lack of discipline it's because of a lack of planning it's a, a lack of having the habits right that you that you need to have in place to be able to help you get out of life what it is that you want to get and and i i thought you know again it's it's just a different way of kind of saying it of you know most people focusing on themselves last but but the way you said it i thought is kind of interesting because you know i'll take care of me for you you take care of you for me right because if i'm taking care of myself and i i have something to give but the flip side of it that i think a lot of times you know especially as parents um you know women especially i see this a lot from women because there's there's the self-sacrificing mother kind mm-hmm. of uh you know idea that 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 so many people have that you're a bad mother unless you're taking care of everybody else and ignoring yourself but i thought it was interesting that it's actually irresponsible to not take care of yourself right because Mm -hmm. if I don't take care of myself then it means somebody else has to take care of me that is selfish I'm not I'm not it's that's selfish I'm not being responsible at that point if if I'm doing that right and so actually the more responsible thing to do is to take care of yourself to have these habits to be disciplined and, and do those things so that you have something to give other people and other people don't have to then take care of
0: you. All right. And if I could share one additional, uh, which is a, my favorite concept right there, but also I know a lot of women who were mothers come to the gym and talk to I me. Mean, they have to say the time. I'm so busy taking care of my kids. And I would say, if your daughter was taking care of herself when she's your way well, you're taking care of yourself, how would you feel about that? She said, I'd be appalled. You know How is, how is she going to learn how to take care of herself? your daughter or your son, how do they do it? They're going to watch how you do it. And you're going, that's how we we don't, we don't, we can run around finding our children's shoes and their socks and their lunches and stuff, or we can teach them how to live, right? And how do they learn how to live? They watch you live. And one wise man said, my father never taught me how to live. He just lived and let me watch him do it. Now, that doesn't mean we don't train to teach our children, but they're learning from us. And, and, I, and I guarantee you, when I tell those moms or I ask them about their own daughters doing what they're doing to themselves, it, it hurts their soul. They do not want that to happen, right? Because they love those kids. And then I might mention to them, they have a God in heaven that loves them too and feel <laughs> the same way
1: <laughs> about right.
0: neglecting you. And, and, I, and I'll be quiet. I mean, I know that I sound almost mean-spirited about this, but honestly, it's lazy. It's easier to go around and be important again with just like the office of the emails the finding the things my kids need to take care of all their little needs. And so taking care of me is really lazy. It's easier to do that than to discipline myself. And I had six kids and I've been on all sides of this. So, I mean, it's like, I haven't been there. <laughs> I, I had six kids and I, and they all lived. <laughs> I, I all, they all made it through. Um, and I made my, and I did, but I did what I'm telling you I, that I, I made sure that I took care of myself and that has paid off my kids. My girls, I've got four daughters and they all take good care of themselves and I, I'm, I'm proud of that. I think they learned that from me. Yeah. I hope they well, do.
1: and I, I love that. Just live live your life and let those watch you live. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it doesn't matter what you say; it matters what you do.
0: Yeah. It doesn't matter what day. you say, and they already know what you think. So there's no point in lecturing them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they'll know more about what you think if they watch the way you live. They'll have a lot better idea of what you find important, and yeah. you're teaching them what's important.
1: Hmm good stuff sherry thank you well thanks for uh, having
0: me on jason it's fun and i was getting really pointed i don't know if we ever had much for conversations before we now know each other a lot better than we did back then i guess
1: well we do and that's that's why like i said when when angie reached out it's like oh yeah i want to talk to sherry are you kidding me yeah i want to talk to her
0: (laughs) yeah i mean we're friends on facebook i've seen you on facebook and your your uh some stuff i didn't really pay too much attention at the time so i need to pay more attention next time i see something pop up every so
1: often I say something that's 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 worthy
0: (laughs) (laughs) I knew (laughs) exactly she was talking about when she brought it up so so I was really pleased to do it
1: well and it's you know I I appreciate I mean like you said I've been on my whole life I've been on a similar path as you of you know professional development I mean Jim Rohn Brian Tracy Mm -hmm. Stephen Covey I mean I have been consuming this stuff since I was literally uh Probably about 11 years old, right? I had my first Franklin planner, I think, when I was 11 or 12, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I'm a nerd, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but even, even still, you know, and, and teaching and coaching people, you know, as we were talking about earlier on, I have my own blind spots. There's things that I need to be reminded again about as well. And so I appreciate, you know, the opportunity that we had to talk today, too, because it's not just, you know, other people listening, but I got a lot out of this as well, and I got a little kick in the butt about some of the areas in my life where I'm not as disciplined as I should be. I I have been in the past, right? But I've, mm-hmm. you know, life happens. The tightrope yeah. happens, and sometimes you know we kind of lose some of where we had been. So it's just a good reminder for me that I know there's a few places in my life where I need. I needed to hear what you said today, too. So
0: thank you. <laughs> well, um, one, one wise man said, we'll never see a time when we won't need to be taught. Right. So we all need yeah. to be taught all the time. And also in the in Life Mastery, if you pick that up and read it, you will find a section on tracking sheets. That thing you said about how you kind of lose some of your where you were. If you get in the habit of doing the tracking sheets, we track your daily habits like a lifetime habit. That gets you back on track really quick if you do get off track at all, and it's a, the number one skill that I teach my clients. It's a simple little method, but you do, do that's the way to develop habits, and that's that's probably the one my signature thing that I teach p- people. And I've had clients years later come back and they're still using the tracking sheets, and they still order them sometimes from me, and and uh, they're free. They're free on the website, by the way. You can, anybody would like some? They're also a, a workbook on amazon but that's like well and, and where's com. the
1: where where's the best place where's that website that they can go out to Life
0: and it's a download and then the also the book's on audible it's on it's on audible uh as well as other platforms but i don't know anybody uses any others besides <laughs> audible uh and so it's on audible and then there's both hard copies and and uh, and paperback and it's also available as an ebook on Kindle and whatever so it's out there really accessible and I'm really available people can contact me if they've got questions or concerns an email I answer all my emails uh, myself so if Amy wants to email me any questions or if they want to be indignant about some of the things I said, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> send me an email. I can take it. <laughs> you can
1: take it. You got thick skin. Well, yeah. thank you. Uh, and we'll make sure and put, put all this information in the show notes, too, so that people can reach out. Um, but, yeah, any final, final thoughts before we wrap for today that we, we didn't get to that we should have?
0: Well, um, I'm often asked what one message I have, what message to leave. Or not. So can I kind of need that message.
1: You, of course you can. <laughs> I, I wouldn't ask you and then take it away from okay. you.
0: <laughs> it's just a little one. But we talk a lot about there's been a lot of angst over the last few years. We had a the, the, lot of political angst and the life Black life, Lives life Matters. And we had this stuff about COVID and should you wear a mask or not get a vaccine, not get a vaccine. Lots of anger and things. We also have lots of concerns with our relationships and our marriages and our work and whatever we have going on out there. Maybe we're being passed over, not treated well at work. Whatever it is that's out there that you'd like to fix, it comes down to fixing uh, us first. That's the way we fix everything. Our relationships, if if our relationship isn't right, we work on us. We don't worry about how the other person's not changing. If we want to see things better socially, well, let's work on us. That's the only thing that we really have any control over. And the only thing that we really can fix is just us. But if we do that, everything is. Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. That's what he means. Go out and be, change you, and then it'll be something. It'll it'll change the world. It'll make the difference that you want to make. Doesn't mean you don't get involved, but work on this person. And
1: well, and it's that changes uh,
0: everything.
1: Yeah, because as you were talking about that, that quote is on my one of the magnets on my refrigerator, right? It's one of my favorite magnets. But also I was just listening or just went back and, and watched the Hobbit movies as well, right? So and and there's a there's a quote in there, you know, pretty much kind of similar to Gandhi ish, you know, that, that the real change in the world happens because of the ordinary folk, right? And, and the fact that, you know, if you want to do big changes to the world, change yourself, right, work on you do the things that you can do to control yourself to discipline yourself. Other people will see that, right? And the love yes. that you share, and and who you are becoming, will be an example to the rest of the world. And that has a much, much bigger impact on the world around you than all the talking that you can do in the world.
0: That's absolutely true. Because it has people, a ripple effect.
1: It has a ripple effect, and people will follow the people that they admire and respect and that they see are getting the results right gandhi was that kind of a leader yeah, yeah he spoke sometimes but people followed yeah. him because of his example and what he was doing and who he was being
0: that's right so true and so when he did speak people listened because they knew he was authentic so if you spent the two hours you could have spent marching at the capitol building over something if you spent that two hours working on you but a much better use of time we don't change the world by stomping our feet and demanding change it just doesn't work we it's too easy, too. It's the same lazy thing, you know? Yeah. It's trying to be thinking you're making a difference when you're really not. Yep. So we're on the same page on that, Jason, and good, good message to get out there. It does take, take discipline uh, and and some... And, and in Life Mastery, there's some tools there to help people develop those. It's not easy. Disciplines come little at a time. They're like a muscle. But there's some tools in Life Mastery that I think... I'm proud of Life Mastery and the fact that it has tools in it that I looked for that I could find. I read all of the masters of motivation, but they never told me how to start. Give me a place, place to start. What can I do right now today? And Life Mastery does provide that in part three. So I'm proud of that.
1: Well, and it's good because that goes back to one of the things that we talked about before, the learn, practice, and share, right? A mm-hmm. lot of times, again, in self-development, you learn, people motivate you, they get you excited, but like you said, a lot of times the practices are missing. So I'm glad that you put those in in your book, so people can actually start practicing it. And then as they practice it, they do it. They can then share with other people as well, because that's how the whole loop goes, yes. right?
0: And I promise you, I did not put anything in there. I thought it was just a good idea. I didn't try to teach anybody to swim by just reading a book. Everything that's in there, I practiced and taught for a lifetime, and uh, it's from my own experience. I know it to be to be true, you know, and, yes. and useful. So. I didn't just come up with a good idea that and (laughs) I am the research.
1: You are the research. Well, in, in, uh, you know, eating your own dog food.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what we say in startup companies, right? You're eating your own dog food. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, Sherry, thank you. And thank you for, um, for spreading the message that you are in the world too, because again, it's one of those things that people need to hear um they need the practical stuff to be able to help them and um grateful that we got to reconnect and, uh, and grateful too. for what you shared today
0: and thank you and I you know my, my the podcasters you guys I, I I said I've done about 100 and you and almost universally you're people who are trying to make a difference and I, I really have admired that somebody asked me if I wanted to do it twice I've been asked I'm like no way <laughs> I don't want to do that <laughs> but um i but everyone i just almost without exception every podcaster or radio there's some more radio shows and some things but they're just people trying to make a difference and so good for you with good for sticking your neck out and and trying to make a difference because i know it's got to be a lot of work and probably not a lot of uh uh, rewards that you can see but it, it makes a difference i think it's another voice out there positivity
1: well, it's another voice out there, but it also, you know, as I said, it's it's the ordinary people doing extraordinary things, yeah. and 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 we will never know the full impact because no, we just we way. we just don't hear right. And and I do sometimes. People will reach out to me and will will share with me, but yeah, you just have to. Just be disciplined, put your head down, just keep doing what you're doing, yeah. be who you are and realize that that you are making an impact in the world, even if you don't see it directly.
0: Yeah, that's what we all need to do. Just go go to work, put our head down, stop worrying about what's going on around us, just put our head down, go to work, make the difference we know how to make and just a little bit of a shotgun kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <There's something to laughs>
1: out we, we go
0: we won't know and it's better that we don't know so just would just feed our egos so it's probably better that we don't know it's better yeah. that we do it without knowing what difference we make so good good luck jason i can do something for you let me know did angie send you a copy of the book
1: uh no but i'll okay I, I, i'll
0: i'll i'll her send you one how's that
1: that's something about, that works too all
0: right i'll have her send you one i'll have her reach out and send you a copy of the book so,
1: all right well thanks right, good luck thanks, sherry thank you
0: thank you jason bye
1: And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations